Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is May 2nd, and you're listening to Living with Lisa, Keeping It Real, a podcast of just the reality of life, right? We do some fun stuff. We do quotes. I get on a soapbox on different items, and sometimes they're just a a day full of squirrel moments. Squirrel! (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, it is May 2nd, but I have to tell you, in the beautiful, beautiful upstate New York, you know, a couple miles from the lake, it's only in the upper 30s right now, and our high is only supposed to be like in the 50s. Yeah, it might be May, but we haven't seen the sun for more than a day in a row, and oh my gosh, it's so stinking cold last night when we came home. Wow. You know, it was rainy and windy and it just bit through you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, May 1st and 2nd and wearing a winter coat to take the dogs out. It's just wrong. (laughs) Could be worse. Could be snowing. And it has snowed on Mother's Day before, so it's not that it's unheard of. But I mean, no offense. It would be nice if it warmed up, don't you think? And so we talked with our nephew last night and he's in... Indiana, and he's like, yeah, it was 80 today. I'm like, yeah, I'm done talking to you. <laughs> oh, but it is what it is, right? We all choose to live where we live and have a choice to move. So, <clears throat> I want to start with our quote. I love our quote for May 2nd. And I think it's a good, good timing as um, a good portion of children across the state of New York are taking the New York State test. Marva Collins said, quote, once children learn how to learn, nothing is going to narrow their mind. The essence of teaching is to make learning contagious, to have one idea spark another, end quote. If you're an educator, I want you to listen to this. Forget about the state test. And just listen to this quote. Once children learn how to learn, nothing is going to narrow their mind. The essence of teaching is to make learning contagious. To have one idea spark another. Marva Collins. And this is my encouraging word for all of you educators out there. Do not let the test dictate who you are as an educator. Teach your kids to love learning. Once children learn how to learn, nothing's going to narrow their mind. Teach them how to learn. Teach them to love learning. Teach them to love reading. And they'll always want to learn. And then they become a lifelong learner. I use that phrase with kindergartners to be a lifelong learner. And I like to consider myself a lifelong learner. That's one reason I'm hoping to attend this writing conference this summer, because I always want to be learning. And learning is exciting. No one can ever take knowledge from you. And I do think learning is contagious. So I am super thankful that I was raised in a family that values learning. Yeah, I come from a family of teachers, 
but they loved to learn and they loved to teach. So we enjoyed learning because they they made it fun. I mean, my one aunt even made science fun and I still am not a science fan. It is not my um, high interest in life. Yet she made it fun. She makes it sound interesting because she loves it. And that's what we need to do. So any of you teachers listening today, remember why you spent six years in school in higher education to do what you're doing. You did it. So that kids would learn how to learn and to love learning and that they would be contagious to keep learning like you are. So do not give up and do not let the state test dictate the way you teach in your classroom or the way you feel about your career choice. You have the choice every single day to make a difference in the life of a child. Every day you have the choice and the chance to encourage and develop the future of this country. That's cool stuff. You might have the next president sitting right there in your classroom and you don't even know it yet. And you can say, oh, I remember when they never used to read, but I blah, 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 blah. And they learned to love to read. Most kids have a favorite teacher. And for the most part, you can ask an adult and say, who is your favorite teacher and why? So I'm going to ask you, who was your favorite teacher and why? I wonder if anybody will either call in via Anchor or leave a comment on Facebook. Who was your favorite teacher and why? Everybody can usually say, boom, right off the bat. Mine was Mrs. Emerson, first grade. I loved to write, even as a kid. And she said, one day you're going to be an author. And I was so excited, and I still remember that. She goes, but you have to keep reading and you have to write. But you're going to be an author one day, Miss Allen. (laughs) And I think of that. And I'm just so encouraged. And I shared that with her as when I was an adult, you know, that, you know, that he encouraged so much in my writing, you know, on the flip side, my father said, well, make sure you get a real job to support yourself. (laughs) He goes, authors don't make money. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, my real job, I inspire kids. I hope, I hope to inspire kids. Um, And I hope that as I work with my students that they learn to love learning and learn how to learn and see how much fun education is. So Mrs. Emerson was my favorite teacher. And I'm sure if I asked, who is your least favorite teacher and why, you have that teacher also. Um, (laughs) I won't share who my least favorite teacher is because I'm not sure if the woman's still alive or not but I thought she was the meanest teacher I ever had and it was an elementary school (laughs) oh yeah I had like I don't know terrible experiences with not terrible um I used to have nightmares about my kindergarten teacher um 
I, and I remember that, like, nightmares about the woman and that she was under my bed and, you know, this and that. And my mother and father had to go meet with her and because they wanted to know why I was so horrified of her. I mean, like, terrified of the woman. But during the day, I would come home from school happy, I guess, is what I was told. You know, like, I wasn't complaining that anything was wrong. I didn't seem traumatized, but at night I would have these dreams, these vivid dreams of her under my bed and being mean to me and whatever. I don't know. Bizarre. You know, and they met with the teacher and nothing ever happened, but years later I learned that that was her last year teaching and that she potentially had had a mental breakdown that year. (laughs) So who knows? Maybe she was like a Jekyll and Hyde You know, when the parents were there and when there weren't adults there. I don't know. I mean, but that wasn't my worst, my meanest teacher. Because, you know, my mom always said, you always seemed so happy when you came home and talked about her, how much you liked her. But then at night, you had these terrible nightmares about her. (laughs) So we had to go to school. I don't remember any of it. I just know what my mother told me. So, um, but. I just had one teacher. She was so mean. Oh my gosh. She retired the year after my class also. <laughs> Maybe my class were change agents for pushing retirement. <laughs> As an educator, I will tell you that there are those cohorts, those classes that come through that make you say, why am I teaching? <laughs> and I wonder if that was my class. <laughs> Now that I'm, like, sharing this with you and realizing that two teachers that I had both retired the year after my class. So, I don't know if they had been teaching too long or if my class drove them to it. I don't know. Now I wonder. Kind of funny. (laughs) But education. I love to learn. I love to teach. I like... um, helping to make an impact and so I think that's why this quote by Marva Collins just you know nothing can narrow a child's mind that has learned to learn and no not everybody's going to get to the same point nor should everybody get to the same point that's ridiculous we shouldn't you know we're not all meant to be Albert Einstein we're not all meant to always read at a first grade reading level We're all at different places and we all have our highest potential or peak that we can reach. And we need to strive to go beyond whatever that is. And sometimes the best we can do is not what we think. And that's why you need a good teacher that teaches you to love learning and to see the potential within you. Because sometimes you don't know it's there. You know, I, I'm kitted often by my father because in high school I was a C student, you know, and I was quite okay there. I enjoyed playing sports. I enjoyed hanging out with my friends. School was not a priority. Um, I had to study more than others, but I didn't really care to study. I was passing. I was happy. And... You know, junior year of high school, 
you know, that's when the pressure is on of like picking a college and what are you going to do with your life? And I was young. I, my birthday was in August. So, you know, I was two weeks five when I started kindergarten because they didn't hold you back then. If you were five, you went to school, right? And, or if you were four and turning five by the end of this December, you went to school. So, you know, I was two weeks five when I went to school and you know, so I had to work a little harder, but not terribly harder. I just didn't. I could care less. I just wanted to have fun. And I figured I have C's that's passing. But junior year, um, you know, looking at colleges, and they said, oh, what do you want to do the rest of your life? And I said, are you serious? I'm 16 years old. You know, I was the last person to drive in my graduating class of 28 or 30, I don't know, and, yeah, I had a, so, anyway, I, <laughs> you know, the beginning of junior year, they bring in all these people to talk about college, and career, and going in the service, you know, what are you going to do, blah, 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 and the pressure's on, I'm thinking, I'm 16 years old, give me a break, um, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? I don't know. I didn't even turn 17 until my senior year. Um, I don't know. <laughs> and I had no priorities, whatever. So second quarter, you know, so this second 10 weeks of school now, they're bumped it up again, and I still haven't really done anything. My parents, I'm sure, were nagging me, but I ignored them. Or they weren't nagging me because I didn't bring home anything the school sent about you know, needing to focus on college and whatever, because it just wasn't my priority. The next sporting event or party or gathering with my friends, that's what I was worried about, but that's where my focus was. And somewhere between the end of the 20 weeks and the beginning and the 30 week mark, must be the school, must have sent something home to parents, you know, saying, you know, your daughter has not done anything, has not met with a school counselor, has not, you know, has not applied to any colleges. Because I went to a private um, high school and we applied to colleges through the student services office. We didn't do it at home with our parents. We did it there. You know, they had all the applications there and we applied through, you know, we went to student services, researched the colleges they had all of the books from all of the different colleges and you went there and you reviewed them all and I'm like whatever and I remember my father like frustration overload he's like here's the deal if you don't get off your dead ass and do something you're gonna be flipping burgers at McDonald's make a minimum wage the rest of your life and if you want to be an author, you need a job that pays more than the minimum wage. And you're not going to get into a college with your GPA because you're borderline C and you don't show any effort. He goes, so unless you want to flip burgers and live in this house the rest of your life, get your grades up. And I said, well, I am not living here the rest of my life. And he goes, well, at this rate you are because you're not going to be able to do anything to provide for yourself. And I'm like, whatever I'll show you <laughs> oh my gosh and I gotta tell you I still didn't even apply myself like a hundred percent 
I ended up having by the end of junior year, I brought all of my C's to high, like high B's, low A's, you know that. And senior year, I had like everything was 85 and above. And I still wasn't even working that hard. And my parents were so, I mean, I'm sure they were proud, but they were so frustrated because I still wasn't trying and I could have done like what they call AP classes now. I just didn't want to. I just wanted to have fun and be a kid and whatever. But now as an adult, when I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, no wonder they were trying to kick me in the fanny and so frustrated. I would have knocked me like, hello. (laughs) So I've told them, you were so patient with me. I said, what a knucklehead I was. And, you know, my father's like, yeah, thank he goes, yeah, but the idea of living with us the rest of your life, that kind of motivated you. <laughs> you know, I did get into college. Um, and I wanted to go to Oswego. was my first choice, SUNY Oswego. But my parents said if I went to Oswego, I had to live at home. And I said, I'm not going to live at home. I want to go to Oswego, and I want to live in the dorms. And they wouldn't let me. They said, no, you're going to live at home if you go. It's too expensive to live in the dorms. So I applied other places. <laughs> and um, I went to school and um, went to college in Casanova, which is, you know, less than two hours away. And it was too far away. I hated it. I was so far from home. They wouldn't let me go to Oswego and stay in the dorm because it was too close. <clears throat> so when our daughter went, I told her, I said, if you go to Oswego, you must live in the dorm for the first year. And then if you want to move home, you can. But you're not allowed to live in this house. You have to experience dorm life. And, you know, she kind of was mad at us at first because she didn't really want to go. And And now she's been, you know sophomore year she was an RA she's been an R- RM RA every year she's done summer RA she's done winter RA and she loves it loves living on the campus and actually wants to go into higher education so how cool is that but you know that's the craziness I don't think I loved learning though until I went to college the second time because the first time I partied too much um when I went back to college I as an adult and my daughter was a peanut you know not even in school yet I um learned to love learning and learned to enjoy the possibilities of being a teacher and learning myself to be the best version of me. So I still didn't get it till I was an adult. I'm a slow study, but yeah. So you know what, if you're an educator, don't give up, don't give up on the kids like me that are in your class, you know, squeaking by with C's, you know, when you know they could do more. Um, I mean, I honestly didn't think I could do as well as I did, but I did do it and I was like wow and I knew I still wasn't putting forth all my effort so that's kind of sad um, to know I still wasn't putting forth my best effort 
you know, and to be getting high 80s and low 90s with no F, like minimal effort. So as an adult, I look back and say, oh, so I just want to tell you, if you see those kids in your class, or that child is your child living in your home, don't give up on them. Figure out what's going to motivate them. To me, my father told me I'd have to live at home the rest of my life and flip burgers and never have enough money to buy shampoo or something that motivated me. Um, and find that something that interests them because it wasn't until college when I realized I wanted to teach, you know, the second time as an adult. And when I went to school, I wanted to work with kids and the more I work with them, the more I want to learn because I want to be up to date with the best things to teach them. And I want them to love learning now. And I think that's why I love elementary so much because I want them to know at a young age, learning's fun. And I want them to see me learning and hear about, you know, that I still go and learn, you know, that the teachers learn. So whenever we're out, we always make sure we say, oh, we were at a meeting or we were at a conference learning how to be a better teacher because to learn is fun. And even as adults, we get to learn. And, you know, my, my hope, my prayer, my driving force is that if we can instill that in kids in the elementary school, that learning is fun, that, you know, going to conferences and doing these things to learn is exciting. And we are excited when we teach them, they're going to learn to learn and learn to love learning. And that's what's going to, we need them. They're our future. They're going to wipe our tushes someday when we're in a nursing home. So, but love those kids as if they were your own child, if you're a teacher. And parents, embrace your kids and figure out what's going to engage them or encourage them. And you'll see them sparkle. You'll see them shine. You'll see them excel. And not everybody's going to go the same route or to the same level, and that's okay. But everybody can shine and excel in their own way to their best ability if we just spark it. So, yeah, that's my Wednesday message for you. Oh, it's Thursday. <laughs> How funny is Thursday? You're like you, so you're not really getting a bonus podcast because I didn't podcast yesterday because yesterday was Wednesday and I thought it was Tuesday. Oh my gosh! Who this is? Does this tell you where my week has gone? It's Thursday, May second. I think I said it was Wednesday earlier. Oh my stars! Oh my lanta! Anyway, it's Thursday. And this is Lisa living with Lisa, keeping it real. Here's the reality. I didn't know what day of the week it was. Happy podcast. Oh, remember to learn, love learning, and learn something new every day. And share that love to learn with the kids and students in your life. Have a great day, everybody. And I'll be back tomorrow for a Faith-Filled Friday. This is Lisa, living with Lisa, keeping it real. And remember, I want to hear from you. Who is your favorite teacher and why? And if you want to share your least favorite teacher and why, share it. I'll bring it. 
If you're listening through Anchor, just hit the um, message button, give a call in, and I'll be able to share your recording. And you can always just respond on Facebook and comment that way. That's what a couple of people do, and I think that's kind of fun because it's more interactive. But have a great day, and I'll catch you tomorrow. Bye!